This is Dr. John Hunt for Pet Sounds. Allow me to spend some time with you discussing pets, pet care, and everything in between. Today I'd like to talk about lead poisoning. Back in the 1950s and 60s, lead poisoning in children was a serious issue and a public awareness was high. The last 40 years, with the advent of lead-free paint, lead-free pipes, unleaded gas, and other products, lead poisoning became less common in children and pets. The lead poisoning crisis in Flint, Michigan a few years ago made us once again examine lead exposure in our lives. As a vet student, we learned about lead poisoning as if it was a likelihood we would see. In my 30-plus years in practice, I may have seen one or two cases, and those are even questionable. However, an article in 1986 reported that lead poisoning in pets in England was the most common form of toxicosis in animals. The Flint, Michigan water contamination crisis has brought lead poisoning to the forefront again. The discussion will center on dogs since cats usually don't consume lead-contaminated articles. Since there's no official surveillance for lead exposure to pets, the actual numbers of lead poisoning are unknown. Data on children may be helpful. The EPA reports that over 1 million children have been poisoned by lead paint alone. There are estimated 24 million homes with deteriorating lead-based paint, paint dust being a major source of poisoning. Until 2014, new pipe fittings, fixtures, and pipes could have 8% lead and any house built before 1986 could have lead pipes and fixtures. Instead of dust, lead exposure in dogs has been historically due to consuming lead paint chips. That was the most common exposure I ran into in private practice. Typically, if a dog came in with signs consistent with lead poisoning, I'd always ask if the owner lived in an old house, if they were remodeling, or is the dog exposed to car batteries, ceramic glaze, fishing, or curtain weights, or could have gotten into solder, old putty, caulking, and even asked what the owner's occupation is. Before Flint, very few samples were submitted to the Diagnostic Lab in Michigan, and over the past decade, only a few dogs tested positive and no cats. Of course, Flint has changed that, and other municipalities are now more aware of potential lead problems. Since there is a direct correlation between children and pet lead exposure, measuring dog blood levels is being considered as a way to monitor population and exposure. So what does lead poisoning look like? The signs vary greatly, and there's no specific symptom. Cats can go into intermittent seizures. Dogs can become lethargic, be anemic, they vomit, have diarrhea, constipation. Neurologically, they're ataxic, they could be blind, they could show hysteria, paralysis, and even coma. Elevated blood levels of lead and or lead deposits seen in x-ray will confirm a diagnosis. A process called chelation of the blood is the treatment. This part of Maine has many old houses, sheds, and outbuildings. Lead paint, old plumbing, discarded car batteries are at risk. Be mindful of where your dog goes and what he or she is chewing off in the corner. Just because I rarely diagnose lead poisoning doesn't mean it's not here. It's a poisoning that can be overlooked. This is Dr. John Hunt for Pet Sounds on WERU. Thank you for listening. Remember, enjoy your pet and don't forget to give them a hug.